The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman. David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, December 15th, 2021, season 17, episode number 79. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. I got Dave and Amber with me. Nick is out today, but we have filled the spot with the man, the legend, Mr. Isaiah Standback. We give you an opportunity to be on a real show. (laughs) Wow. Oh, oh, have an oh we going back to that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> this bizarre rivalry between yeah. a whole bunch of people that work together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of love it. We love having you on the show, Isaiah. I know you and I got a chance to do a show back during yep. the time we mixed the shows up during the, uh, the bye week. But good to have you back with us. We have a lot of stuff we're going to talk about today. We are not going to be joined by Bucky Brooks today. He's going to join tomorrow and give us his takes on Cowboys versus Giants. Uh, we figure because the Giants are so bad, we can figure, you know, put that all into one day. We don't need two shows for that. Do not say that. We have learned a very hard lesson. No, 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 no. no. Back up, back up. I did not say that the because they're bad doesn't mean that Cowboys okay, can't get yes. beat. What I said was they're bad. <laughs> they're so bad. I think it's pretty clear they're bad. Now, we'll see what happens on Sunday, what that means to the Cowboys. But they're not a good team. Um, anyway, we, we're going to get to Bucky tomorrow. But today we're going to talk a little bit about Giants offense versus Cowboys defense. We'll talk a little bit. About some other topics. We didn't get a chance to get to what Jerry had to say about Dak Prescott yesterday. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit today as well. Nick, I'm sorry, not Nick. Ooh, Dave. No, I don't like that. Wow. Real, no offense, Nick. <laughs> I was about to so say, like, you might want to <laughs> not, not just kind of put him out there. Like I'm that. my own man, okay? You are your own man, Dave, and you're a unique <laughs> man. Uh, give me a 79, real quick. I, I think it's pretty obvious. Harvey Martin. Harvey Martin. And I, I, I love Harvey Martin. for It's a cool thing about this job. I'll, I'm, I just turned 33 yesterday. Happy birthday. Thanks, Did you have man. a good birthday? I had a great birthday. That's awesome. Um, I didn't know anything about Harvey Martin when I started working here. Sorry. Like, I know that sounds blasphemous here, but... I didn't either. Yeah. He, yeah. Um, but you work here, and you, yeah. you learn the history of the team, and you're like, oh, my God, this guy was a badass. I was embarrassed when I finally figured out who he was and what he'd done that I'd never yeah, heard of same. him. Same. But growing up in Houston, I'd well, never really heard of him. I mean, there's so many legends around yeah. this team. You know, I mean... I know. I knew Staubach. I knew yeah. Pearson. I knew all the '90s guys. But I just—you can't know everybody unless you're like a diehard fan of this team. Super Bowl MVP, yeah. 114 career sacks. He's, I think he's 32 in career sacks. Yeah. I don't know if they even tracked him for most of I his career. I don't think they did. Yeah. Um, defensive Player of the Year, four-time pro. Like he was a legit player. At the very least, he's got a Ring of Honor. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, he's got a case for it. Yeah. And he. Probably has a case to be in the Hall of Fame as well. And people don't really talk about him. So, shouts out to Harvey Martin, 79. No doubt about it. All right. Um, let's jump in. We are going to uh, – first, I wanted to get a catch up on a few things. Coach McCarthy just finished talking to the media. Um, he did say that there were going to be some practice modifications today. Dave, what was he talking about there? I think that – and this is the type of thing that happens anyway. You get late in the year. Like, there's fewer padded practices. Everybody's beat to hell. And I just think they're kind of dialing it back. Like, this isn't going to be – some coaches – not so much these days because it's in the CBA. But, like, 
I was listening to somebody talk about this other the other day. Like some coaches are like, no, we're in pads no matter what. That's what we're gonna do. But the more and more you get into this and learn about player health and try and keep people healthy, like you dial some of that stuff back. So uh, I think this will be more than a walkthrough, but not your typical. I mean, we're not we're not getting after it in pads and, yeah. and hitting each other here. So I just think they're trying to preserve the roster a little bit. Isaiah, how many more years could you have played in league? Oh <laughs> if they let you take Jeez. the pads off and yeah. have these kind of practices. This schedule is just different. It I'm is. still I'm still back locked into my old school methods. You know, yeah. we're out there, you know, three days a week with pads on and yeah, these guys now they're just running around with, with sweatpants on half the time. But it's, Is it it's, better? Is it better? The way on that your, it's currently being done? on your body, yes. On your body, yes. I mean, they. I can't. I don't, I'm not in the locker room, so I don't know how it's really affecting these guys. I just know that we we were physical. It was a lot more physical back then, mm-hmm. and um, it's a lot more ticky tack now. So I think it kind of offsets each other, right? The physicality was was dependent on you being physical throughout the week, and that carried over into the game. Now these guys aren't allowed to be as physical in the games, and it's kind of showing up on the practice field too. Yeah, I can't remember. When you came in the league, were we still doing two-a-days? Two Real two-a-days. Yeah. Because yes. I remember two-a-days, and it was a different kind of training camp because it did. It consumed your entire day because even from our standpoint, I mean, you got two practices that you're covering in a single day. It was a lot more different. And obviously, yeah. we weren't on the field having to run around twice a day, but I assume that beats Wait, up that your body. Wait, that was in season? No, I'm, no, I'm no, saying during training camp. Oh, training. training. Okay, two-a-day yeah, yeah. practices during training camp for that yeah. entire four or five okay. weeks that we'd yes, be at training yes. camp. And there weren't these built-in day off every four, four days like it is now. Like, it was a very, very different world. Yeah. But they all, I mean, they did, or correct me if I'm wrong, like, not that long ago, it would be normal in December to suit up in full pads and yeah. Yeah, yeah, beat oh, yeah. the hell out Absolutely, of each other. Absolutely, especially yeah. depending on the organization that you played for. Right. <laughs> you were in New England. Was was that the most intense that you ever experienced? You were in pads. Every day. You were in pads. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, all the way up until, you know, to Friday practice, which is a jog through. Yeah. yeah. Even then, we would probably still have shells on. You know, so it's just it's just how it's just the, the culture of the team. Yeah. You know, it's just the culture of the team, and, it, and it's evolved, right? These coaches are evolving; they're they're changing. I'm sure you know Coach McCarthy back in the day probably had his guys in pads yeah. all the way up into it, but the CBA, you know, allows for certain certain things that have to change, and this is just one of them. Man, the, the game's changed. Yeah, and it yeah. sounds like they have gotten smarter with the use of analytics uh, and the tracking devices they use, Huge. so they kind of know how much stress each player is putting on their body, yep. and they know when it's time to dial them back. I'm not going to go as far as to say it's the only thing he cares about, but it, Mike McCarthy, like the analytics of his player usage is very important to him. Like he yeah. talks about it all the time. Like he's mm-hmm. always talking about like the GPS numbers on like how much a guy ran in practice, how fast he was running, how much work he was putting on himself. I think he studies that stuff religiously. And I mean, you hear people talk about the stay program, which is what they call his – the weekly method where like they don't practice Friday, they do mental health stuff and it's all more of a mental aspect of it. Like he's big on that stuff. And he's talked about it before. Like he he ran some Green Bay teams into the ground and and this is like the natural learning curve of that. The uh another question was asked to him with regard to the health of the team right now. There's only really one player, Tyron Smith that's not practicing at this point, which is, is remarkable for a team in December. And given the week that we're having around the league right now, no, doubt. no COVID updates either. Yeah. The only one they got right today. now is Cedric. He's yeah. the only one that's on the COVID list. And we're going to talk a little bit about COVID a little later. I have some, some t- questions for you guys on that. But that all being said, I do think there's still kind of this lingering, what's up with Zeke? Like, how is he doing? And he was asked that question. What did McCarthy say on, on Zeke? And, and kind of what do we feel about where Zeke is at this point? I think Zeke is probably going to be where he is. I, I don't. I mean, we talked a lot about 
let's get to this break after the Saints game. And he did, and, and he said he felt better. He he looked better in Washington. Would y'all agree with that? He he looked better. He better. didn't look I, yes. <laughs> better. better. Yeah. Yeah. We're qualifying this. Yeah. He yeah. looked better. He yeah. looked a little more sprightly. He had a little extra burst, but he's. I think he's going to be banged up until this season is over, if I had to guess. Maybe on the outside chance they can earn a bye week, that could help out. But I think, and that's kind of what Mike said, is Zeke's fine. I mean, he's not magically 100%, and he probably won't be, but he's he's going to continue on this on this path that he's been on, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed. I mentioned this earlier on Talking Cowboys. I, I'm, I'm really disappointed that they missed the opportunity to give him 17 days off. They had an opportunity to give Zeke 17 days off a couple weeks ago, and they, and they chose not to, mm-hmm. right? And they chose not to, and then they brought him in the game and used him for pass protection primarily. So now you've, you're faced with a situation where you're, you you need Zeke, right? You need the running game because the running game, we're seeing the effect it has on Dak, mm-hmm. okay, or the lack thereof of the running game. We need Zeke. When we need him most, he's not anywhere near healthy. What percentage would you say Zeke is right now? 60. That's yeah. what I said. Yeah. I think Zeke's 60%. And I truly believe that the opponent that we're facing this week, there's an opportunity based upon what we saw last week with Clemens. He came out and he was he was shifty, he was explosive, he was he had all the things that you all the makers of a, of a of a running back that can run in his backfield. I think there's an opportunity to rest Zeke and Pollard this week and get them healthier yeah. going into this last stretch. And then if you're somehow able to secure the the division, Right and take care of, of the Giants and Philly loses hopefully, then you have another week at the end of the season that you can rest your guys. Right, this isn't about I shouldn't use the word rest. It's, I, I should use use the term you know just getting guys healthy. Yeah, Zeke is not going to be a huge is not going to be a, a a contributor to this offense aside from his ability to block if you don't get him some time off. Mm-hmm. And. I- I don't necessarily disagree with anything you said, but I've been saying on on our show this whole time, like, I just don't think you can afford to. And it sounds completely unsexy, but, like, that ability to block is important. Like, even, like, for example, even this bad Giants team, Aziz Ojolari, they got this rookie edge rusher who's got eight sacks. Yep. He, he might be the talk of the division if Micah wasn't doing what he's doing. You send Corey Clements and Ito Smith up there to keep Dak on his feet? I don't know, man. I don't know about that. I hear you, and I, and I understand the fear. I understand the fear, but I think that if Kellen Moore is what we say that he is, he can scheme around that. I think it's more important for Zeke to get his rest going into the end of this year than it is for us to sit back there and utilize him 15 plays out the game for sitting back and pass blocking. Yeah. If Kellen Moore can't figure out how to block that up without Zeke back there, then we have some bigger issues. Without Tyron, too. Without Tyron, too. I okay. mean, but, but this is why we these guys are professionals. These guys have a job to do, and the Giants aren't scary. Right, I feel like we're evenly matched against them with our offensive line right now, and that sounds bad, right? But that's just the way it is, um, and the, the replacements that we've had to put put in place. But we need Zeke healthy, and we see even with Zeke. Would you say that he contributed to last the last two games? Honestly, I, he contributed I on Sunday. I, I don't think it was. I don't think it was to the level I where. I mean, well, no. without him, you would not have been able to. And, and, do and something that's, that and that's what I mean. Yeah. I, I would take a hundred percent healthy Clemens, and I would take a sixty percent Zeke. If I know that I can get Zeke to be a seventy-five percent next week, yeah, exactly, that, and that's what I'm looking at because right now Zeke was was running the ball. He looked better. To your point, he looked better until what? He took a shot took on his knee. Shot. Where did he yeah. went? Where did he go? Bench. And that's my problem. That's my problem <laughs> with all of it. Is it seems like over the last two or three games they've limited his the amount that they're using him, but it's always in every one of those games there's a moment where he takes a hit, yep. and so it, to me it kind of restarts the clock on him getting healthier. And so if you're gonna do that. 
Just sit just him, take him out. and just don't worry about Thank that you. and let those other guys have to step up and provide what you need for a week or two to give him that extra rest so that hopefully he's more healthy. Counterpoint, yeah. if you handle your business against two teams that you're better than mm-hmm. – you could have two weeks where he like where the they're not meaningless, but like you've done what you need to do. Even the Arizona game, and especially Facts. the Philly game, Facts. probably. Facts. And so, like I keep saying, gut through it. You should win against New York. You should win against Washington, and then maybe you can make those types of decisions once the playoffs are a hundred percent secured. I don't. I mean, I feel like we tend to overcomplicate things sometimes, and. I know it would change the preparation during this week, and it can change and increase potentially an injury depending on how much they use them. But let's say limited practices goes in, you still have him activated, and then depending on how the game is going, I mean, you decide whether to use him or not. I mean, it's against the Giants. We said that. I think that the Cowboys... And they've shown otherwise sometimes, but I think they should be very capable of handling their business without Zeke on the offense this week, but if needed, in a case of emergency, can you just have him there on the sideline ready to go? And I know it doesn't necessarily work that way because you, <laughs> health-wise, you know, there, there are certain protocol that you have to go through with your body to be ready uh, to step into the field, but how how difficult is that really you know, to just have him as a backup there? I will say this, and, and Isaiah, you mentioned earlier, give him and and TP some time. But I personally think if you can get Pollard back this week, that becomes impetus for me to say sit Zeke. Don't even suit him up because I look at it and say I've got I've got Tony Pollard who I think is running as well, at least as well as Zeke mm-hmm. right now. Um, and so I got him, and I got these other supplemental backs that I can use with him. And to me, that should be enough for the running game for for a game for a week or two. Um, and so, if if Pollard is ready to come back, I think that's the impetus for me. I don't love the idea of going into a game without either one of them, even against the Giants, just because I do think you want to be able to run a little bit better than what they're going to get out of those guys. But I do think that you know if you got Pollard back, that becomes my that reason makes, to say do that, it. That makes sense, but the reality is Pollard's injury that he has right now, that's not going away. Right. That's not, not going away. It's not going away. That plantar fasciitis of anybody who knows and the it just has to get to a point where probably he's isn't limit. going away Zeke's either. isn't going away either. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. But but by going by continuing to wear on it, it gets worse. Yeah. Right. So by giving these guys time off, you're allowing them to, you know, it's like a video game. Right. You know, what I'm saying? it's like the fishing line. You throw it out there and then, you know, you get the tension on it and then it eventually it's going to it's going to pop. Right. Yeah. But if you ease up off it, guess what? You restore your, your you know, your, your sources. These guys need this break and this built in. It's built in. TP is not healthy. His, if you wear him out and then you, you have something that can get substantially worse. Zeke. We see Zeke is a shadow of himself, and there's no disrespect to Zeke. He's giving it everything that he has. You can. There's a lot of guys playing with a lot of injuries right now around this NFL. Yeah. Dallas Cowboys are not, and Zeke is going to play through this thing if they allow him to. Sit him down. Don't take the decision out of his hands. Sit down. We need you. If there's anybody in the Dallas Cowboy Nation wants to talk about playoffs right now, you need a running game. 
And I don't believe that our running game against the Giants is going to be dependent based upon the skill set of the running backs that we have. It's going to be more based upon the offensive line's ability to create holes. Yep. You make a compelling point, my friend. <laughs> I, I mean, and if you listen to the show, I'm good at this. Like, I can turn the worst team into, like, a world beater in my mind. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at This one's at hard it. to do. I'm... It is, but if there is a, a if there is a place where I look at it, I'm like, okay, there's some think there's some guys there. They don't have Leonard Williams. Like that's their that's the guy you would that's normally be worried yeah, about. In no, that that, instance, I mean, right? Dexter Lawrence is still a good player. Is he? Yeah. He's available, right? Yeah. I get Ojolari. He does. He hasn't. He doesn't have the stats, but Lorenzo Carter's been a pretty decent player for them. They really like Georgia edge rushers for some reason. Yeah. But uh, I, I mean, no. You you make a compelling point. I mean, they're not. I guess the other thing too is they're not going to do it. That's that's my big that, like. Well, that's right. why you think I'm boring because I'm just like, why are we talking about this? They're not going to do it. But that's like, why we do talk radio. I know that's why we do talk radio. <laughs> You're right. So we could talk no, about things that that, that is do. that is a compelling point. Although I am I'm still inclined to be like, let's play these games when the East is actually secure <laughs> instead of definitely or instead of sort of secure. All right, we're going to take our break. When we come back, I want to talk about Jerry Jones and some comments he made yesterday. Uh, I think they got a little overblown. We'll talk about it when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United Ag and Turf. Turf, The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to... Work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. <laughs> well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting Cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Back to the break. Celebrate Christmas at the Star with Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza, powered by Reliant. The 20-minute show electrifies the Star in Frisco with a powerful mix of game day excitement and Christmas cheer. Don't miss the final two shows on Friday and Saturday. That's this Friday, December 18th, I think. 17th and 18th. 17th. Admission and parking are free. For more information, visit thestardistrict.com. And there is a chance. You're welcome. There is a ch- there is a chance 
that if you come out here Friday, you might just run into one Dave Hellman. Mm. Oh yeah, heading to his car I, to leave. I run into <laughs> I run into no, I run into somebody damn near every Friday. Yeah. Like I'll I'll walk through the district, or maybe I got to go to the gift shop to pick something up for somebody. And yeah, oh, come. the gift shop is the place to hang out. If you're trying to just run into people, yes, that's the place to hang out because there are a bunch of people. Yesterday I was in there, and a bunch of people I ran into that work here. <laughs> just in there shopping because it's time of the year where employees can get a discount. My friends know that I get a discount, yeah. and so I'm in there They're every. For you at the car. I'm in there <laughs> right. every other week. Like, yeah. hey, my dad needs this. My sister needs this. Yeah. That, no that was a great perk when I was playing here. You it's know, you awesome. take the family to the little to the store yeah, in the yeah. malls, and yeah. so you get nice. the calls from all family friends need a, the Cowboys game. Yeah. Yeah. To like, quote, hey, can you hook me up. Give Jerry his money back. To yeah. quote the great Mark Ingram, <laughs> come see me. Mm. Yeah. Check it out. Check it out. It's a good show. I thought you were going to say Dave's lighting the tree. Dave is not. Not this week. Not this week, but we're working on it. Maybe one of these days we'll have Dave lighting the tree. Dave needs to be getting paid to be here after like 3 o'clock on a Friday. Mm. Yeah, I don't even think that's going to keep you around. Probably not. Probably not. 3 o'clock on a Friday. (laughs) All right, let's jump back in. Uh, There were some comments that Jerry made yesterday on 105.3, the fan he was on with uh, RJ and and Sean. And and here's – I'll read to you the quote. And, and then I want to get some comments from you guys with regards to what you thought of it when you heard it. He said, I don't want to say that. He was asked about Dak, whether Dak is in a slump. He says, I don't want to say that slump, but that's probably fair. But it's such a multifaceted evaluation that I would say our offense is definitely away from where we were, uh, where we were playing five or six games ago. Now, I think the narrative that came out of that was Jerry Jones says Dak Prescott's in a slump. I listened to the, the interview I didn't think that's what he was saying. What I thought he was saying was, it's fair for you to say that. I don't want to say slump, but let's just say the offense, because it's a much bigger evaluation than just the quarterback. Let's just say the offense is not playing as it should be playing. Maybe the offense is in a slump. But I was I don't think he was saying that Dak was necessarily in a slump. What would you guys say? What was your take as you as you heard that quote? It reminded me, Mike McCarthy was asked the same question, and he basically said the same thing without as juicy of a soundbite. He he was like, I don't believe in slumps as a football thing, which a slump is a, is baseball. Yep. Hitting, yeah, no doubt. You're not hitting well. It's Even you. basketball. You against the pitcher. Yeah, how you're shooting. And and McCarthy, made, he, he said it on Sunday. He said it a bunch of times. He's like, this is the ultimate team sport. This is 11 on 11. There's a million reasons why these things happen. And I think Jerry was saying the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, it it's fair and obvious to say that Dak is not playing up to his standard over most of the last five weeks. Mm-hmm. Fourth quarter against Vegas, um, and and I'm drawing and the Atlanta game. Atlanta the yep. Atlanta game two times out of the last five weeks he's not even two times one quarter in one game out of the last five weeks he's been great. Other than that, he's. He's been bad. Yeah. And, so, I mean, maybe they don't want to call it a slump, but we can recognize that. I, For the last four four to five weeks, I've been the bad guy around Cowboys Nation <laughs> saying that Dak has, is off. And Dak, you know, his, has, his mechanics are off. You know, his decision-making is off. And everybody's like, oh, you're Dak hater and you're Cowboy. No, I call it like I see it. As a former quarterback, I've been noticing these things. His decision making has not been on point. He's been hesitant. He hasn't been he hasn't been more proactive in terms of crossing line of scrimmage for whatever reason. It's like a invisible boundary right there. Ever since the calf injury, his um, his release point has been off. We saw that with the interception at Collins the other day. Um, he's forcing plays. We saw that in the, uh, to a couple plays where he should have been intercepted the first first drive of the game, and also he tried to force a screen pass in there the other day as well. That should have been picked off. 
he's 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 in a slump. He's been in a slump, and it's not. And it is, you know, to Jerry's point. Jerry's been trying to save him. You know, Mr. Jones, I respect the crap out of him, but for whatever reason, if you're a bubble, I said this other day. If you're a, a player on the bubble and you make a mistake, you you got to own up to all of it, mm-hmm. right? You all, you might even get fired if you make one big mistake. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, the the, the high profile players get grace. They get a ton of grace, you know, and Dak is, has been receiving that from Mr. Jones, from Mr. Bossman. And he said, hey, last time he, he, he didn't want to put any responsibility on it. It's the receiver's fault. Right? That was last week. It's the receiver's fault. They're not running their routes to the right depth. And, and this week he doesn't want to say that Dak's in the slump. You're, he's in a slump. It's okay. It's not a bad word. It's, it's, it's something that as a professional you can take that. You get coached hard every single day. I'm not playing up to my standard. My mechanics are off. My decision-making is off. And my execution is off. And it's affecting everybody around me. Now, is it just Dak? Absolutely not. Okay, the offensive line playing musical chairs. They can't get things going at the left guard position. Teams are picking on our on the, on the Connor Bros and Tyler Biotish. That is a gaping hole whenever you're facing. If you're going to say there's a weak spot on the Dallas offense, that's, that's it, it. Yeah. right? And so Dak, I think, got pressured. We I think we pressured uh, Washington 20 times. I think we had QB pressures. Mm-hmm. I think they pressured us 13 or somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. So he got sacked four times yeah. in that yeah. game. Yeah. So he's not. It was not he, a clean game. Yeah, it's not a clean game. So he's not able to set his feet back there the way he wants to and regain his confidence that he has lost. So it is multifaceted, but um, at the end of the day, Dak is is in a slump. Yeah. Yep. Being in a slump is way better than saying you suck. <laughs> so I'll take being in a slump. That's really, that's really well means said. you're actually pretty good, <laughs> yes. and you're, you're just, just not going really well right now. Yeah, yeah. That is so a really good they, way to look at it. They don't suck, and we know they got it. They're just in a slump right now, and right. they need to get out of it. And I think the same can be applied to a bunch of other players on the offense, maybe not the same level Facts. of Dak right now, but you can say that about almost everybody, including the, these top wide receivers that we got on the team. Mm-hmm. Now, another thing I wanted to point out on Monday, it was that we talked about like the mental aspect and like Nate was talking about it. And, you know, that's something we can't visually yeah. necessarily see, but... And I'm not blind. Every week, I look for pictures to upload on the site and things like that. I see Dak. And like you can tell. If you've been seeing Dak long enough, you can even see it in pictures, how he just looks different. Like, his confidence is not there. He's starting to now visually show it on his face. I've seen videos of it. So he's definitely going through something mentally where he's just not as confident. And I'm, I'm sure, like... What's been happening week after week when you're not being successful, it creates more pressure on you and you you start feeling it, you know? So hopefully this game against the Giants will allow for him to complete plays, go for it, just regain a little bit of the confidence that we know he has and it's there and it's one of the best attributes that he has ever had. He just needs to get it back. And here's the thing, like, obviously, I I know that's your take, and and none of us really knows what's going on in his head because, obviously, he's the only one knows what's going on in his head. But I do want to ask you, Isaiah, as a former professional athlete, talk to me a little bit about that mental part of it. What happens, and I don't know if you've been through this, but what happens when you get into that moment where maybe you're doubting your teammates, maybe you're doubting yourself, maybe there are lingering um, mental things that you're having to deal with from the injury you're recovering from. How do you get? How do you? How do you break through that as a professional athlete on a stage like this where everybody's watching and everybody's looking at you like, man, you ain't the same. You ain't as good. It's the reason why he gets paid forty a year. It's because everybody understands the pressures that he's going to be under. Things are going great. It's his. It's his. It's his fault why things are going great. Um, and he's the reason why. When things are bad. 
you're seeing it. Everybody's pointing a finger at Dak. And, yeah, he has to figure things out. And the way in which you do that is Kellen Moore has to help him. Kellen Moore has to help him. This offensive line has to help him. They have to give him opportunity. The running game is not where it needs to be. The offensive line is not where it needs to be. This this team, in terms of their scheme, it feels, it feels like Kellen Moore has he's he, the bag that he was in is empty, right? Mm-hmm. He needs to restock that thing. You know, he gave out all the presents, and so <laughs> it's not it's not just Dak. And Kellen Moore has to find a way to to make these 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 concepts a lot easier for him to digest. Okay, teams are growing a lot more too high safety, so it's complicating things in terms of his ability to find windows. Why are they going too high? Safety. Well, because the running game's not going. Teams would never go too high against us before, right? So, it, it, so they're running against a seven-man box, which is what you want, and they're not yeah. being able to do can't it. Can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. Right? That's the, that's the offset. You, you go too high safety to try to stop the pass, right? You go single high safety to try to stop the run, and these teams are going too high safety because they're like, you guys don't have a running game, and Dak struggling. So guess yeah. what? Beat us, and yeah. you and you're not you're unable, unable to the way that you really want to. So he has to build confidence by this by this the concepts. He has to build off uh, some confidence by this running game helping him out. And then when you have when you lack confidence, you want to be precise. When you've made mistakes, he's thrown what five or six interceptions, six interceptions in the last six games, I believe. Mm-hmm. So when you're when you're making those kind of mistakes, now everything you're second guessing your throws and your decisions. Now, like on, for instance, on that screenplay, when he should have threw it to when he should have threw it to Zeke, he didn't throw it to Zeke. Mm-hmm. So guess what? I'm gonna wait for him to come to the next window, and I'm gonna make sure that my next pass is on point. Yeah. And guess what? Now it's not. And by the way, that defender also knows that. So now he's keyed in and just watching, watching you, like, you. oh yeah, throw it now. Yep. throw it now. Yeah. It's so, uh, there's this weird thing when you watch him recently where. Like, and I don't. Maybe he doesn't trust his receivers. Maybe he doesn't trust himself. Probably a little bit of both yep. because he's made some bad throws and there have been some bad drops and things like that. There's it. It, all, it looks like he he wants to go and hand it to yeah, the receiver. Must be perfect. You know what I mean? And he's not. It, it, that should be instinctual. You're like, I see you in this window on this look. I, I'm ripping it. And he doesn't look like he trusts himself to rip it. Yep. Almost ever. Um, yeah, they need to get that back. Which. I wonder, and I know you can't do this for 75 plays, but I'd like to see maybe some more tempo. Probably the best drive of that entire game was the two-minute. They wound up kicking a field goal, but they went from probably their own red zone or near it down. You know, He had a great completion to Amari over the middle for 18, 20 yards, something like that. Mm-hmm. They, just, they looked natural. They looked more like themselves. And I'm, whether it's because you're not giving yourself time to think or because the, the speed of the offense is throwing the defense off, either way, they look better when they go tempo. They were doing a lot of tempo in the fourth quarter of, of Vegas because they were trailing. Like I said, I know you can't do that every snap of the game, yeah. but maybe try to mix that in a little bit more just as a way of kickstarting things. P- people fail to, I, fail to give credit to the running game on this offense. Everybody wants to point to the skill set that's at the receiver position. Everybody wants to point to the fact that Dak, you know, started off the year throwing 50 ties and how we can throw it. And Kellen Moore has all these schemes. This team is built on the run. I don't care what you try to do passing wise. You have to have a running game. And when you don't have a running game, this is the result. I, I've I've fought against that for so long because I do I do think Dak is good enough mm-hmm. to carry it when it's not working. He hasn't been recently, but he's done that before. Correct. He did it last season nope. when Zeke couldn't stop fumbling. Like he can carry you. Mm-hmm. It's still not a good idea. And there's no denying when you go look at it, their worst rushing performance of that win streak when they were murdering everyone was 122. That was their worst performance. Mm-hmm. They went, to, they got to 200 against the Chargers. They were going for 140, 160, 180, that type of thing. And I think New Orleans was their best rushing performance since. And that was 135. 
and you got the vast majority of that off of two big chunk plays yeah. instead of just yeah. gradually. It, it's important. And like I said, Dak is good enough to carry you without it, but it's not going to be as pretty or as consistent as it is when the run game's humming. And everything that could help your running game all of a sudden <laughs> at the same time is not working, right? Your offensive line isn't doing what they need to do. You've got an injured top running back. You've got an injured second running back. Your quarterback, who usually adds to your rushing total, is not willing to run the ball at the same rate that he was before and maybe not as effective as it was before. Mm-hmm. So everything that could contribute to your running game, yes. what we've seen this running game be in the past several years – is all broken at all the yep. same time. And so I don't know quite how Kellen is going to be expected to get that all fixed, but that's the job, right? Job. The job is you got to figure out how to get that fixed. Real quick before we end the show, I did want to move on to one more topic that I wanted to hit. Right now, there is a major outbreak around the NFL with regards to COVID. I want to say the number was at 60-something players over the last two days who have now been placed in the COVID protocol. Dallas, miraculously, is not in that situation. They got one player on the COVID list right now. The question for you guys, though, is how capable is Dallas right now to manage an outbreak from the standpoint of their depth? Um, Obviously, they're doing everything they can from the standpoint of their protocols, but do you think they have the right depth to be able to handle an outbreak? Because as you get closer to the playoffs and in the playoffs, I guarantee you there are going to be some playoff games this year that will be affected by COVID. Question will be what teams have the right amount of depth to be able to manage that. I I don't think anybody is equipped to handle. I mean, if it's the right outbreak, the Cowboys got lucky. The the really? outbreak that they dealt with yep. was mainly coaches, which that's not right. great, but you're not losing people that can play you the game. I mean, Cleveland on paper, Jesus. On paper, they have one of the more talented rosters in the NFL. They got this great O-line, they got two of the best running backs in the league. And, like, they might not be able to field a team because they've lost so many guys. I mean, they lost their quarterback today. Yeah. If 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 Dak catches COVID, mm-hmm. God forbid, and, it, you know, it seems like he and a lot of these other guys are really going out of their way to keep that from happening. But, like, is that the one guy on this team that is the most important guy you couldn't afford to lose? I mean, ironic, ironically, they won a game without him. Yeah. But I would still say so. I mean, yeah. you got to have a quarterback in this league. Uh, but, I mean, you know. What if uh, this is this is just an example? Please don't kill me for this. But like um, Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, and somebody else were hanging out together watching Monday Night Football. They were yeah. tweeting about it, Pizza Hut, all that stuff. There. What if they're all close contacts or or transmitted to each other? Again, that's purely hypothetical. But like, you have no idea how this thing can get yeah. transmitted. I'm sure this new strain Omicron is part of it. I hope I said that right. Yeah, it's, Omicron. Yeah. It's. I mean, there's there's no rhyme or reason to this, so I don't think any team can can handle it if you draw the wrong break, you know. Yeah. And I just saw. I think who did I see on Twitter? Uh, Todd Archer. He was talking about the the possibility of them being in the bubble with the Omnia Hotel. So mm-hmm. going back to how they were last year at times. So. They're starting to look at options to make sure I it would, doesn't happen. I would, check that. I would check the whole damn team into the Omni tonight. The the challenge with that though still is that you know even with that, I mean you you will obviously mitigate your risk because mm-hmm. there's less exposure, but you can't take risk completely away. There's yeah. still going to be people that they're around. Yep. You know, again, when they get on the plane, 
all of us or some of us are on that plane with them. Like we're not. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. telling you right now, I'm not going to stay in the Omni for a month and a half. <laughs> so, so I mean, <laughs> that's not happening. So, and and you also got to think about the standpoint too of you want your players to be in the right mental state as well. So you tell a guy who is a veteran player that has two or three kids yeah. that now you're not going to be at home with your family for Christmas. I don't know how I feel about that if I'm a veteran player with that kind of setup. Like, I know this is my job, but there's certainly also that mental part of it, too. Am I creating more mental stress for myself by not being with my kids and my kids not understanding why I can't be with them for Christmas because I'm sitting at a hotel? Like, there's a lot of stuff that goes with that. So it sounds good Mm -hmm. if you got robots. It doesn't work when you got people. Actual humans. You know? I I think this team is built for it as long as you don't touch the quarterback and offensive line. I think every other position – yeah, linebacker. This is a defensive team yeah, so, now. I mean, this is a defensive but you, but you, team you, you, now. You can work. You know, it's a defensive team now. Absolutely. I'm not so I'm, I'm more worried about the, the Cardinals guys. without Micah or right. Randy. But Micah's or, the key, I think, with But Arizona. you might not play the Cardinals with those guys anyway, depending on what happens here over the next you know, game or so. Yeah, sure. You, you're playing that game. You're not sitting guys for Arizona. There's no way you need to sit guys for Arizona. Maybe Philly. If you don't have a shot at if, – if you have the NFC East secured yeah. and you don't have a shot at getting that first round by, what are you playing that game? But that's the point. To avoid you, you the can't. loser of the NFC West and the things, wild card But, but both those things can't be true, though, because if yeah. you win the next two, then you're in position because Arizona lost Monday night. You're in position at that point if you beat Arizona to move at least to, to the third spot, okay. right? Which matters. Like, yeah. you don't have to face – the, the Rams in, in week one. Isaiah's not buying it. I'm I mean, saying, this, like, this, I'm this entire NFC no is just – this playoff is going to be crazy. Yeah. The, the, the amount of talent in this NFC is absolutely absurd this year. I would rather take San Francisco in absolutely. week one than take the Rams in absolutely. week one. So, for me, I'm playing that Arizona game because <laughs> right. I want to at least get to three. Now, maybe week 17 – I'm like, you know, whatever. If you yeah, feel like you, you get the rest, take the I rest. But that week 16 game, like that it. against Arizona, you need that game. You, you need game you. 16. Well, if they if they beat Arizona, I love getting way out ahead of our skis. Yeah, sure. <laughs> if they beat Arizona, the Philly game becomes meaningful. Like, you can't afford to lose that. So, well, like, can't, can't Because if you lose week? to Philly because you sat everybody, then you just give that ground right back right. and you can give oh, that yeah, seat yeah. up. Oh, yeah, true, true. Yeah. So, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So play out the string is what is the point, in my opinion. I mean, you Everybody might not suit up Derek suit. Up. Yeah, not have a choice. You might not have a choice. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be joined by Bucky Brooks. Hopefully, Nick will be back in studio. But in the day that he wasn't, Isaiah, thank you for yeah, joining thanks, us. Thanks, man. You cool. brought a, little, a lot of good perspective. We appreciate that. For Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, Isaiah Standback, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?